Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, where we are covering the finale of The Beforeigner, Season 1, Episode 6. So glad you can join us. I'm your host, Brian Hickey, and I have got a lot of thoughts about this episode. There were so many things that happened, a lot of takeaways. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones was that Olaf the Stout is alive, and he's and he's back, and he's he's traveled... It's travel to the future. I don't know if that's the most important thing, but that was the the ending of it. It was just like, is he gonna conquer Norway? Is that what's gonna happen? I think he, I think he's gonna conquer Norway. Um, obviously that would be wild. He just he, he looked like he, he was on a mission. He's got the horse and he's got Madeline. <laughs> he's got Madeline, uh, who has dug up his sword, and I'm a little confused about. I thought that Torhund was famous for killing him, and I thought that that happened already in this world. So, yeah, like, WTF on that front. I'm not really sure. I, I Torhund would probably be surprised by that. He also is like, at the end, he's like, let's go save these heathens. And I know he was the king who was trying to unite Norway under Christianity, and obviously Madeline gives him the cross at the end of the episode. But... Yeah, I was just kind of floored by that. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why that. Like, I, I thought it was really cool. Like, I was, I'm like excited for like where this show is gonna go. The show, the show is wild. I was talking about how if like John Wilkes Booth came back in an American show, something like that, and then uh, <laughs> the next week, then Abraham Lincoln came back. If we're gonna take it even further, um, that would be pretty. Uh, that would. That would be an interesting show. I don't know if... Well, Abraham Lincoln was kind of an, impo- a, an imp- imposing figure. Imp- Jesus Christ. Abraham Lincoln was kind of an imposing figure himself, so could have been could have, <laughs> could have been something for... Maybe a show could, could steal this. An American Be Foreigners. They should totally steal this for an American show. It would be, be amazing. Um, and not steal, but like, I mean, you know, talk with the great creators of the show, of course, because... Uh, the show is amazing. All right, so you got King o- King Olaf is back, and uh, you actually just to wrap his part up before I get to the the big bombshell of the episode that will have further plot implications. I really liked the beginning of the episode where uh, you see Olaf, and you don't know who he is at first, but you see him. He's watching the welcome video to the Beforeigners, which is a really fascinating concept. Like, what do you show? <laughs> what do you show people that is gonna make that is gonna make any sort of sense? Uh, I I would assu- I would assume it would have to be in their language. Uh, obviously, watching the show in Norwegian, I I don't I can't pick up the differences. Obviously, there are many, but obviously, it would have to be in their own language. And I guess you'd probably have to have a different package. Don't you? You'd think you'd have to have a different package for every time period, but. Maybe, like, knowing how governments work, maybe they just had, like, a, you know, one-size-fits-all for everybody. That uh, that probably tracks, right? But, yeah, I think you should have, like, an 1800s one that would, you know, would have different needs than the Norse one. It would have different needs than the Stone Age one. So, uh, but anyway, you get, like, uh, a lot of mention of the uh, of hiking and nature and beauty. And uh, they show, like, the modern Norway. There's a lot of, you know, diverse... Um, you have a lot of diversity in the video. And 
And you also have a lot of same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships that are shown, and that is upsetting to the people who are uh, the, the Christians who are from the 13th century. I think that's what we were supposed to get from that episode, or from that part of the episode when they were, uh, they were like, as Christian men here. What did they say? They talk about how Christian men don't bow their head, and uh, that's uh, actually Olaf the Stout, and he's, he's really intense about the whole thing. You can tell, you're like, oh wait, this guy's actually going to be a character that stays. He's pretty intense, the camera lingers on him, and yeah, they have, so they have, they, uh, I, I like how Norway just comes out and is like, yeah, this is how it is, you're going to have to deal with it, you're going to have to adapt, you're in our time now, so I, I like that, they're really upfront about what, everything that's happening, and you know, you get kind of the shocked look on everybody's face, and eventually Olaf is going to ask for a, a telephone. He's like, do you have something called a cell phone? Do you have something called a telephone? And you got to feel, you got the feeling like the people at work are like, all right, let's see where this goes. This doesn't happen every day. And they're watching him, and they're like, who the F is he calling? And you see that he's trying to call Madeline, and he leaves her a message, and he's like, it's me. I remember everything and you get the feeling that the memories like all come back at once. <laughs> like it's, it's like there's like a dam that's blocking the memories and then something can trigger it. Like we'll see the Tor hunt when he sees the orange life jacket later in the episode. I think they, all these memories flood back at once. It seems like, except Tor hunts kind of got a piecemeal. So, you know, who knows how these work, but both Madeline and King Olaf, they both seem to remember everything at once, and they seem to have had a relationship. You wonder how long Madeline was there. She, obviously, like, the actress can't age, but they change her teeth, and they make her look, like, a little more grisly. So how long has she aged? Did she live there four years, five years, long enough to start a relationship uh, with the King of Norway? And it seems like she was there for a long time. So... I wonder if we'll ever get some insight into that time period. Obviously, this is still a plotline that's still open, and you had the bad harbor cops looking into them. We'll finally get some resolution on that. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But where will this King Olaf go? Is King Olaf going to be a reoccurring character in season two? Is he going to be? Uh, <laughs> is he going to conquer Norway? That's what I. That's what I really want to know. And. What what is Madeline's role going to be in this? She's still like friends with Ingrid, right? She still has friends checking up on her. She's still going to school. How is this going to affect her life? Her parents. I mean, I get you can you know you can say you're going to school and then ditch school, but her parents are. Uh, I mean, maybe they're not. <laughs> I'm already talking myself in circles, but you know she takes the bus out into the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, are her parents checking up on her. Like you know something severe just happened to her, um, but you know. She's at the age where she could go on the roost bus, so she is, you know, maybe old enough to make her own decisions. But, yeah, so that was, uh, I didn't think, you know, Madeline, she's introduced just as Ingrid's friend, but she plays a really, really large role in the episode and in the series at whole, and probably will going forward in the future. She's one of the bigger mysteries still left in the show. All right, so... The, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry I talked about King Olaf first. I thought that was the coolest part of the episode. But probably the bigger headline, I was burying the lead, we have Elfielder is somebody who can travel both forwards and backwards, or somebody that has traveled forwards and backwards. And it's a really cool reveal. 
and something I definitely did not see coming, even though maybe it sh I should have, like, it's kind of been foreshadowed that something's, like, we're going to discover more at the two-way time travel. They've had the time hole. We've had the book that was being read, that time travels a one-way street. We've heard that phrase multiple times, and we know that the somebody's trying to cover it up. We thought it was Trina, Trina and her crew. I still think it's kind of that. We'll have to we'll have to go into that. But what is go, what, what? Why? Why? Why such a big deal over the two way time travel? I guess it would just ruin everything, right? Like it would just throw everything into chaos. You know, you, it's that old uh, step on a butterfly and like change change everything in history, right? chain reactions and such so i get that you'd probably want to preserve that but the government or somebody else somebody some criminal enterprise is going really far far lengths to try to keep this a secret and you know maybe there there are probably things out there uh out there out there in the world that are like that that you know i'm not privy to but uh just uh yeah there's there's just a lot going on with that so i'll field her wonder who her parents are uh, she was, you know, wearing jeans and a life jacket when she got pulled into the Viking ship. We hear about it from Tor Hund, who uh, a lot happens with him in this episode, but um, he's telling Elfielder that, you know, it was right after a Viking raid, and we saw something in the water, what was very clearly a human child. And they pull her out, and they baptize her. No, they don't baptize her, they're pagan, but they... Did they say baptized? They might have said baptized. I'd have to look at the the wording on that again. But they anyway they take they take her in. Uh, more importantly, they take her in and make her part of the the you know the people of that time. They make her part of the, the uh, I don't know what the proper word is. They make her part of the family, the tribe. Um, probably not the tribe, but they make her part of the the clan. Uh, I don't want to use that word, but they make her part of the the unit. Jeez, I'm really just going a long way to say that word. But anyway, Elfielder's accepted. She is part of that time period now. Interesting. I wonder how she gets back. It's very coincidental now. Um, and, you know, I get that's the reason, like, why she's a character in the show. But why uh, why does she go back? What is the circumstance like? Because we know there is a time hole. Why are so many people in the water? Is it in the water in the past? It seems like it is in the present. So... I don't think the world shifts that much within the, the this like relatively short geological time scale. I'm I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think that where there was water two thousand years ago, there would be lands now, right? No. Okay. I graduated everybody from college. Alright, so Tor Hund and Elfielder. So Toron, well, number one, he's so much older than Alfielder, and it, 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 it is gross. Um, and I know things were different back then, but, like, you really get the the contrast between, like, you know, how much older Torhund was than Alfielder. And she becomes his shield, maid, shield maiden, and, you know, it's, let, let's, let's, let's move on. But Torhund, anyway, he has a new look in this episode. He's looking uh, quite fly, if I, if I might say so. It's got like a very modern jacket and it's like a pretty long jacket and he like has an earring and his hair is styled and he's really feeling himself right now. And he is celebrating his migration day and it's the first time he's ever done that. He didn't think it was something worth celebrating, but 
you know, when he looks at his daughter, he's like, this is why I'm here. This is something that's important and meaningful to me. So they're having a good time. There's a lot of people there, a lot of people celebrating tour. Uh, even Erd comes, even though she's still like, still can't believe you're not with me. And of course, she's also dealing with the cancer running through her her veins and the chemo and the radiation. She says that, you know, dancing's for those who have blood course, coursing through their body. And we've been seeing this, like, long storyline through Erd throughout the season. She's battling cancer. She's also battling the sorrow of not having uh, the man that she loves is with somebody else, and she can't really do anything about it. For her to go out like she does, and we have this protester, and I... Uh, I don't, I don't get this guy. I don't know. Like, he was seemingly kind of introduced randomly. And help me out here of, like, what what he's from. I know he's, like, the protester. Um, he's maybe, is he just a devout Christian? He's so mad when he's watching the Norwegian CNN and they're talking about the church attack and maybe Torhund is a suspect. And I was noticing the portraits that were in the back of his house. Is he somebody that's from the past? What ends up happening to him anyway? The, uh, DJ Skull tackles him and... He ends up getting away, but he... So, anyway, we see him that he's operating bingo for um, uh, in a retirement home. And his mom also lives there. Nepotism. Nepotism much? How did he get that job? And, anyway, he ends up going to take this little purse, and he has the gun in there. And he is going to Torhan's migration time. And it's right when Torhan's, like, about to tell the secret to Elfield, or, like, this earth-shattering news. But... The band is also arriving, and Torhan's like, we'll save it for later. And anyway, this guy comes out. Luckily, Erd is paying attention, and well, luckily for Torhund, and maybe Erd would want it too, because she is dying of cancer. She is a shield maiden. She feels like she serves her purpose here. Um, and she is saying that, like, hey, not bad for a shield maiden, right? Because she steps in. She takes, like, five shots for for Torhund, and um, the... The protester seemingly doesn't take into account that, you know, his target is now blocked. He just keeps shooting Erd, and Erd is going to die, not before talking to Elfielder. Really tender moment uh, between the two of them. Elfielder's like, I don't want to lose you again, because, you know, they're separated through their time travel. And it's just really, it's just really sad. And, you know, Erd, Erd, you get the sense that, like, she was going out in a blaze of glory, and, like, this is the preferable preferable outcome than dying of cancer, dying of the radiation, dying of cancer ultimately, but, you know, suffering through everything. Uh, it's been something that she has not wanted to face the whole season, and she was facing it, and she feels lesser. She didn't even want to dance, for God's sake. So she, it, it it's sad, but she is going out, I think, how she wanted to. You know, she's a shield baited, and she wanted to die on the battlefield, and uh, she she takes a couple bullets for Torhund, and Torhund is, you know, he's he's grateful. There is, you know, the funeral scene, and Elfielder is, you know, super sad. It's hard for her to face it. She's drinking in an empty room. thought it was very touching with Lars coming in. I haven't mentioned Lars. That's how much is going on in this episode. It takes me about 15 minutes to mention Lars. And Lars brings her flowers, and he tells her it's time to go to the ceremony, think DJ Scald is saying, you know, some nice words about her. Uh, they have a party afterwards uh, to celebrate the the life of Erd. And 
I, uh, that's where you get the whole scene of Torhan finally telling Elfielder that, hey, you are wearing a life jacket. I just remembered it. And he had seen it, like, at the party. He picked up, like, this orange vest, and he remembered, oh, man. And he, like, kind of stumbles backwards. So memories keep flooding in for him, too. So Elfielder, like, where does, where does she go from here? Is she going to try to find out her family in the past? She should, right? She should try to find out her roots, I think. I don't know how possible that's going to be, but you see like her great detective work. Both her and Lars are really good with that computer. Uh, seemingly, they can search anything with just the vaguest of hints. So I do think that, you know, given like a couple episodes, maybe Elfielder will be able to find, uh, find her true lineage. But I think that'll be a storyline to follow in season two. So we'll have to see where that goes. But Elfielder and Lars end up dancing. Basic Brian's going to get his way here. He was so, so I've always liked the two of them together. And they end up having a nice moment. And still, I don't know if this is going anywhere, but it was cute to see them dance together. So I was happy about that. Uh, but I am a sap. So we'll, 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 there is that. But should we talk about Lars? Is that the next storyline I want to go to? Lars is mixed up in a lot of what I want to talk about next. So, you know, this episode, a lot of things are coming full circle from the beginning of the season, from season one. You know, the beginning story, the beginning mystery was there was a woman who was killed and, you know, Wenke just wanted to leave it at nothing. She needed to go to, you know, bridge club or something. But they uh, they ended up investigating uh, before her death and it was very suspicious. So they're wondering who murdered them. And we had the Cro-Magnum uh, plot line. We had them following Navin, which led them to following Trina. And ultimately... We're going to circle back to the Harbor Cops, which they, we had started to see they were shady. We knew that uh, Jeppa, I think I'm going to go with is how you say his name, was taking the hair from uh, was taking the hair from Elfielder. So we knew they were shady, but how shady were they? Uh, apparently quite shady, because they ended up killing who we now know as Mariana Werner. And she is somebody who uh, we see in the first episode who is dead. She was the victim we thought she was from the past, but she was from this time. She had a Lego in her kidneys or her organs somewhere, if you recall that. And so we see who ended up killing her, and it was those two, those two harbor cops. And all of a sudden, like, the first episode is making more sense to me. I don't know if I was supposed to know that then, but I think he's showing his partner the bite mark, right? Because she bit him. That's kind of how they nab, they nab, they nab Jeppa both through his sperm and through the bite mark. They have the DNA, the match, and it was harvested from Elfielder. It's really great. Elfielder is such a good detective, so many unorthodox waves, but she she gets the job done. You know, you, you know, you have to respect her. And anyway, Jeppa, he's a real big scumbag. Him and David, I think was his partner, were working for some criminals because, well, that's according to Trina. It's all, it's all mixed up because I don't know if I believe Trina. Trina was saying uh, that, and Trina is the pilgrim assassin, and she ends up <laughs> kidnapping Lars, or she has somebody kidnap Lars. She ends up talking with Lars, but she's still very vague, and she's saying that, uh, I gotta get this right, because this is an important part. So, at the end of the episode, Lars is meeting up with Trina, and she tells him that the government was doing illegal testing on the foreigners. But foreigners who specifically ended up from this specific time hole. 
I think in Norway. I think it's only in Norway. I mean, obviously that's where the coordinates are, and it was right where Madeline disappeared. So that makes sense because they're also looking into Madeline. That's something that all, that will uh, be going forward. The bad guys are still looking for Madeline, but she says that she was framed for killing Navin. And the reason I'm kind of quibbling with her is because when she was talking to Doctor And, he was saying that like I can't believe you would do, use such technology. I can't believe you would use the technology to as a means to an end now maybe we were just fooled and like we were supposed to think that was the drone but maybe it's just like computers and like basically like searching and uh you know the things she was doing with the cops and the evidence but i don't know i do we believe her she runs away very quickly right when lars is trying to figure out who's there and i i don't even know why she runs away are the, are the cops coming is like more cops to back up lars and only Lars can know. I don't know. I don't know why, why that happened, but she runs away in the dead of the night. She can't tell him what's happening. But she says that um, they faked a migration to find out what the tests were all about. And so when they... But what they didn't know was that Jeppa and David were working for criminals or had criminals reporting to them. And before they could find out who Jeppa and David are working for, she runs away. She does give Lars a file, and when he plugs in the file, you see a lot of different pictures of, looks like, foreigners getting checked in. And file has Madeline on it. And that's kind of, like, what is going to spur Lars on. And it, like, brings his imaginary friend back, who I knew was imaginary. And we found out that that was the case in the ne in this last episode. Um, we'll talk about that later. we kind of dive deep into Lars here. But the case, right? The case, the case is kind of kind of wrapping up. But we don't really know the why. We know how it happened, but we still don't know why. Yeah, we don't know the we don't know why it happened, and that's kind of like what Lars is saying to the chief at one point in this episode. And I want to kind of focus on what was happening with Lars in this episode because, you know, he goes through a lot of things. Like in the beginning of the episode, he is looking rough, and he is still seeking eye drops. We talked about how his neighbor did not uh did stop selling or at least i think that actually happened in this episode so his neighbor tells him that he's he's gone he, he stopped selling and he tells lars that he's got the drop sorrow and we find out that the neighbor is actually like a really good dude because he was the one who's going to help lars convince he's he helps convince lars that the guy in his head is imaginary the asturu he helps convince lars that lars has a big problem and that Lars needs to stop. And I wonder if he even did stop selling. Or if he only stopped selling to Lars. Because he knew what a problem it was for him. I was just thinking of that. It probably is the latter. So what happens with Lars in this episode? Well, he wakes up and I'm like, why is he so bloody? And what in the world happened here? And this Asturu guy, he's... Yeah, he's got like this big fish. And he's like, uh, he's like poking him with it. And the halibut, there's also... They said they found it in the time hole. And... It was a dead end. They didn't solve the case. And none of it makes any sense. And we find out that it's all an illusion. It's all a hallucination. So Lars is in a really bad place in this episode. His dealer stops His dealer stops dealing to him. He says it's a drop stop. Lars has to find other means to get his drugs. And he talks to um, one man, man who seems to be um, dehoused. And... He seems to call Lars a shaman, which I don't, I don't, I don't ever got that from Lars, but maybe he is. I mean, he's predicting all these things. Like he's like working so well on, <laughs> not so well, but he's like, 
it seems like the eye drops help him crack the case. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're holding him back, but it seems like he does get inspired when he's on these eye drops. But anyway, he's scrounging for more. He seemingly finds them underneath, like uh, in the underground in the train track, and he's you know so jonesing for them that he has to do them right there. He like stumbles back to his house and. Ingrid's there for him, and uh, it's a full-on intervention. And we see that, like, the fish isn't on the table, so all of that was made up. All of that was in his head. And the reason he gets convinced that it was in his head was because one of his neighbors filmed him yelling at the Asturu guy from the last episode, his imaginary friend. And, of course, when we see it, you know, there's nobody there. That's a blank wall. So that was kind of, like, his come-to-Jesus moment. He ends up, like realizing like you know the depths of his delusions so he ends up trying to get clean he's having a really tough time with it we see some nice things from his uh his neighbor drug dealer again um he's giving him some tea to help the drop sorrows or some sort of um liquid remedy and then he also inspires him to apologize to gregor's and he even supports him and goes with him he like uh, goes with him in the car and he's like give him the thumbs up and unfortunately, Gregor's is at a Whiston club. I'm gonna look that up live. I don't know. I don't know what the hell that is. But he's at a. He's he has. He's hosting a Whist club, and and Maria's there. And you know, she, the actress must have been back from wherever she was the last two episodes. Um, and she says that Gregor's was deeply offended. She ends up kind of you know realizing that Lars is coming hat in hand. He's apologizing for what happened with the girls, and he's apologizing especially for what happened with Gregor's. And, you know, she tells him Gregor's was inconsolable for days, and, you know, you're a very bad man, Lars. But Lars, when he ends up leaving, she ends up saying, wait, wait a second, I'll, t- I'll tell him you came by. Uh, he'll be very pleased about that. So I was, I was sad we didn't get Gregor's in this episode, but hopefully he'll be back for season two, and we'll see, uh, we'll see some more development of these of these two because I thought it was a cool relationship and it was pretty sad when it all came crumbling down last episode and Lars said some terrible things and it's kind of like he's on like the 12-step recovery process where he's apologizing to people right now and I think it's uh I think it's a big moment for his character and um his his turnaround so um I a lot was happening with Lars I mean and this is before he like was able to like solve the case so anyway they they Tell him that um, Ingrid takes the drugs from him. There's like an interesting moment where, you know, there's kind of a role reversal where she's like, give me what's in your pocket. And like, he has to like be like, fine. And he hands over the drugs and, you know, you hope that, you know, she does something responsible with them because last time that, you know, her and her friend group had them, things did not go well. So just saying. I also liked that the drug dealer's family was helping him clean up. Like you have his son helping him clean and his wife helping him clean. And I thought that was really sweet. And Lars, you know, he's he's made a, he's made a good friend in, in in that guy. So, I do I do like that whole relationship. Um, what is Whist Club? I gotta I gotta know. All right, oh, it's a trick taking card game. Let's see, it's widely played in the 18th and 19th centuries. Although the rules are simple, there is scope for strategic play. All right, so they just get together and play cards and smoke and drink. I think. Uh, there's different groups. Boston group looks like nonsense to me. Yeah, it uses a standard deck, so yeah, maybe I can get behind it, I don't know. Something called a dummy in the game. It's funny. Small slam instead of a grand slam? Okay. Is it like anything, Wikipedia? Can you give me anything like a current day? I think like bridge looks like it's getting some comparison to bridge, so 
Napoleon. Why? Why Napoleon? Uh, it's another card game. Okay. Trick-taking game. Is that kind of like rummy? Trick? I don't know. Anyway, so that's what Wiz Club is. It's not, not so weird. It's just likes to play cards and drink and smoke probably. You know, it's very, you know, probably a lot of, <laughs> probably a lot of toxic masculinity, if we're being honest. Okay, so, anyway, let's see here. Where else do we want to go with this? Um, I don't know if I've made enough about the the car, the Harbor Cop, and what I want to talk about is that, did this seemingly, like, come out of nowhere for anybody else? Because I know that they've been hinting at the Harbor Cop, and I know that they put, they did that hair, the hair trick, um, at the end of, like, episode four, but he was such, like, a minor character, and, you know, maybe that, I mean, that's the point of a lot of these shows is like that it's got to be somebody you don't see coming, but I don't know. I guess the, I guess the tracks were kind of late. I was just kind of confused about the whole thing. I didn't really know what was going on in the first episode. And, um, I know we got clues later, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't love that. I was like, oh, that guy, that, that's, he's the big bad. So I, I, I didn't love that, but who are they working with? We still don't know. And you know, this thread is still pretty open for season two, so I do think it'll go somewhere. Ingrid's got to be, you know, pretty upset and motivated by this. I mean, I know that we got Jeppa in jail. He, um, you know, he was, like, tricking her the whole time. He was just sleeping with her to, you know, get evidence from her. Now, now it's actually making sense. Okay, now, well, come on, Brian, put it together. Now I understand why he's taking her hair, because she's somebody who can travel both forwards and backwards, right? So that's the reason why I, I would assume that he maybe wants to do tests on it or something, or maybe he wants to see if she's somebody who would be a person of interest because, you know, they're looking at Madeline as a person of interest, so Alfielder would be too as a two-way time traveler. And I think they're just trying to keep it secret. I mean, there is some debate about, like, why they're doing it in this episode, but I think it's just to keep it secret. Like, it's too much. It, we, according to Trina, it's the government, and the government would want to keep it secret because it could have chaotic effects on the whole world. So it makes sense, right? And boy, that's a lot of responsibility for the Norwegian government and like, uh, you know, the grandscape of the world. If there's like, they have this time hole there, like, <laughs> did they like clue in NATO on this? Like, I feel like, uh, I feel like this needs more, uh, more attention than just the government of Norway. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, season two coming up, like you wonder like how much bigger the world will get. And, you know, we've, seen a couple historic figures come back uh, from the past in Olaf the Stout and Tor Hund. Will we get any more historical figures? I really like that aspect of the show, so we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, with Trina, I don't like how they uh, fooled Lars. Like, they uh, <laughs> they have they have somebody, like, coming by. It's after the funeral, and uh, Lars is, like, just, like, kind of hanging out, and he's going to be walking home, but he sees... Um, somebody in distress, he sees somebody in trouble, and it looks like a woman from the 1800s, and she's like, help, help, we think there's been another, we think she's been hurt, there's another assault, she just time migrated, and when Lars looks in, like, the wheelbarrow that she's carrying, he gets hit over the back of the head with the shovel, and that's where he gets taken to Trina, and just, like, a very, like, really brief, quick chat with her before she has to run, but that's where Lars is getting his information from, so... It's good that, that Lars is like getting information from real people, but I don't like the, I don't like the I don't like the methods that they use to get him. And like, it's like, how do we trust Trina? She's like doing this crap. Like he's gonna have you know a concussion, like you know CT CTE. What, what's that CT? The the concussion thing. The you know you guys know what I'm talking about. The concussion concussion disease. Um. Anyway, 
Anyway, Trina's still out there for season two, so we'll have to see if she comes back. Um, she is very talented, it seems, but uh, she... And who is she going to be end up working with? Will she be a good guy? Will she be a bad guy? I don't know. Well, you will have to find out. I think one thing I'd like to see from the show in season two is, I like, I would like to see flashbacks. I would like to see people living, like, the foreigners, especially, like, the time travelers, like, what it was like for them. Like, I want to see more about Elf Fielder, maybe in the present, like, Elf Fielder as a child, like, her parents, and then, like, Elf Fielder growing up, or Madeline's time there would be really fascinating, and just, like, kind of what it was like in the past, what these characters maybe were like in their heyday, maybe what was Tor Hund like back in the past. We see a little bit of this in this episode, but I think it would be cool, maybe, like, a bottle episode where they could, where they could show that, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that. <laughs> oh, and I did not talk about enough about the scene with Elfielder, Lars, and the coroner when Elfielder is asking how long, you know, how long can semen last in the uh, female body, and he's like, uh, why are you asking this? And she's like, well, I've already taken care of the harvest, and she's, like, grabbing her crotchal region, and it's all very funny. Like, Elfielder slays with the physical comedy. She is a hilarious actress. I really like Krista Kosinen's work, I think that's her name, Krista Kosinen, she does, she's amazing, and, um, you know, she, I really like, I haven't talked about it all this season, like, the tattoo that they give her is pretty cool, like, I could actually, like, see that, like, being in style, like, I think, uh, you know, she'd just be like, oh, this cool chick, I'll feel dirty, you know, she's got the face tattoo, but, you know, it works for her, but, um, anyway, I, I've, I really liked just, uh, our two main characters both did a good job, I mean, you could tell Lars just, fallen apart in this episode and i thought the actor did strong work the matt damon of norway and no just uh it's really cool that the show got renewed for season two and i think i think i think it has so much potential like i if this was a bigger budget show like i couldn't imagine like what they could do with it like they it could be really really fun fortunately it's kind of like a niche show where uh you know, it's from HBO Europe, which is awesome. Like, I'm really, I'm really glad. Like, we're getting HBO quality shows from a different place than America. It's awesome. And, uh, but if this had a bigger budget, or like, if there are like more fan theories, like, I was just like looking on Reddit, and like, it's a very small community, and almost no discussion about season one. And you know, for I, I wish there were like these, these forums where you could look it up, uh, look up different things. Like, I've tried my best you know, as somebody just podcasting about it solo, but, you know, I'm one person, and, like, you know, when, you know, reading Lost Forms back in the day, like, you know how expansive that guessing game and that world can be, so I wish there was that for this show. There's not, unfortunately. I'm trying to fill a void, but um, it's really an enjoyable show, so I'm really glad uh, everybody has, has, you know, stuck around and watched it with me. I think that we will go for season two. We'll see it. We'll see how it goes. I might as well finish the job. And I'm really curious to see where it's going to end up. And yeah, tell your friends about Beforeners. Beforeners rules. So, yep, that is season one. Done it in the books. Wrap it up. We will try to go for season two coming up next week. I'm trying to release these pretty much every Thursday. I'm trying to stick to a schedule. Like, uh, like, like, like the good pos- podcasters I follow do. Speaking of good podcasts, if you liked this one, it would be, be just so kind and amazing if you would leave a five-star review. I'm told that it is helpful. 
I uh, appreciate everybody for listening to me throughout this season. I know that there aren't many English-speaking before-under podcasts, so thanks for uh, thanks for you know checking checking mine out, and uh, you know hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, enjoy the experience of me trying to figure out what in the world is going on in the show because sometimes I do get a little bit confused. That might be like one small critique I have for the shows. It's a little hard to follow. If I wasn't taking notes, and maybe like if I spoke Norwegian, it would be like much much easier to follow. But I don't. I think if I wasn't taking notes, I a lot of the stuff would have gone over my head. Certainly with like the double crossing with Trina and everything that was going on with like the police storyline, I think a lot of that is pretty hard to follow. I had to had to rewind a few times and you know go back and take notes. So um, it's quick. It's quick. Blink and you miss it. But anyway, that will be my show. Thanks everybody. Take care, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.